0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: Receiver from the University of Colorado, number 21, Cliff
0: Branch. We kick off the summer of Cliff Branch.
1: Pucket drops back to pass. Steps up. He looks. Over the middle.
2: He's got it. Touchdown, Raiders.
0: That's by Cliff Branch. The summer of Cliff. Cliff Branch. All summer long. JT the Brick. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you.
2: Stabler plays play, back to pass. Gets a big rush out. Cut the
3: man-savers. Throwing deep for he shot at 20. But Touchdown,
0: What separated Cliff was he was amazing, meticulous route runner. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT here in beautiful Las Vegas where it rained last night. And I want to begin this hour by mentioning it rained. Where I live, it never rains in Summerlin. When I mean never, I mean never. I don't remember the last time people on different parts of town say, hey, it just rained. Man, I got rain. I didn't get any rain. I never get any rain. Finally, last night it poured. Good to see it. And today, being out at practice where it was like 89 degrees, 90, because of the rain last night, that might be the coolest day of Raiders practice all year. I cannot imagine. You know, we haven't had the 113s, the 112s, a little bit of it. Well, we're still here in July going into August, and today was very pleasant being out there. It might have been a tad bit of humidity, but the temperature was down significantly because it rained last night. And I grew up in New York, and it rained and snowed all the time. So I left in 89 because I couldn't take the rain anymore. And then I moved out west, and I've been bouncing around out west, but I've been in Vegas for a long time. And they always say there's going to be rain, and there never is, and there was some last night. So For the newbies in town to Vegas who are saying, when is it going to rain? It did last night. Hopefully, we get a little more of it. It was nice to be out at padded practice. Back-to-back days today as I took my son and a friend out there, and they enjoyed it. It was really cool to see. Uh, Max Crosby and I talked on the sidelines for a few minutes. Man, the guy's humble and gracious. I was asking him how his life's going on with his family, his dogs, everything. Kid on the way. Just through the mask. Smile. Just thrilled at life and so humbled that he could be in this position. Great to see Max Crosby. And I'm excited. The practices look clean. They look pretty sharp. Uh, there's a big, Cassie Soto's got a video of, it's, it's going viral. It's a big video of Josh McDaniels running at Malcolm Kuntz because he lightly bumped into Derek Carr. And everybody is retweeting that one. So if you haven't heard that today, a lot of, a lot of people around football are retweeting that one because Josh McDaniels got really fired up at that point in practice. It's all about the offensive line, you know, until they figure out what the final offensive line is going to be. I got news on Kyla Murray, which we'll get to momentarily, and there was an injury today. And when you look at injuries, you got to be careful. You have to be careful when you're out of practice that you can blow out a knee, you can hurt yourself, you can do something in a drill, because these guys are enormous, as you know, everybody. They're enormous, and when you go down and you get hurt and you stay down, this is a big deal. And we don't want to see any injuries at all to anybody on the Raiders this year, but it could happen. Someone can go down, and today Ryan Jensen was carted off the field during training camp, what appeared to be a knee injury for the Buccaneers and their center, and he's a hell of a player. Hell of a player. He went down at training camp and it is all over the news today. That wasn't a that wasn't a practice game. And Armando Salgurno is reporting that he potentially suffered a disastrous injury during his practice. It could be a serious leg injury. We'll wait for that. And that's why sometimes you don't want to play guys in the preseason, but they can get just as injured at practice. You know, you could get injured stepping off a curb. You can get hurt doing a lot of things. But most of these coaches are not going to play their stars in training camp. They just can't afford an injury. They can't afford one, so there's no use playing them. I, I go back long enough when guys used to play preseason games and played that third preseason game into the third quarter. Now that doesn't seem to be a priority anymore. Raider man, checking in to start off the hour. You know he means business on the flagship. Go ahead.
2: What's going on, JT? I hope you can hear me okay. I'm out on the road. I got a chance to sneak out of the office and do a little run for the product. And uh, I heard George on, man. And, then you know, I hear George's voice. I go a little bit crazy on the inside. Before I talk on George, I want to shout out my brother Stoner, dude. Shout out to the family for me over there. Doc, you know, I'm looking forward to getting home, come hang out. But, man, look, you are no OJT JT. I got to thank you for this. I really, really appreciate it. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird because I'm the only one that goes back to this story. But I'm the only one that this story happened to. And I think I'm only one with a story like this that's able to talk about it. But when you brought George Atkinson up to the hospital, ICU, at Highland Hospital in 2000, man. That was a pinnacle moment for me because not only was I already a Soul Patrol, you know, big-time fan, but George was like the face of that crew. Everybody else had their nicknames and everything else, but George was the touchable one. And the compassion on that man to come and visit me in ICU under the conditions that I'm in. I I don't mind saying it. You know me. To take a bullet in the chest, and, the, you know, to have the good grace of the God to keep you alive. I got a lot of life-on-life-on-life on life, life on life term situations. Life has been a pretty good challenge for me. And you know me. My life plight has always been work for the Raiders in one way, shape, or form. So even though I've never got that close, at least I get my face out there and they do know my voice. And to know that that man knows my face and he knows my voice is special to me. The last time we got a chance to hang out together, I think my oldest son was still playing like 707 spring ball, and we were hanging out at DVC while his twins were playing ball in the 707 tournament against us. And we just stood on the, on the sideline and talked about that pinnacle day that happened for me and all the situations around it. It was an innocent situation. I was a random situation, so it's not hard for me to talk about. But I'm telling you, man, as far as it goes in life, there's nothing really bigger than that for me as far as what a person is willing to do for another person. And George deserves all the hood that he can get. I wish I could serve him better. I wasn't even able to get out of my bed and get him a glass of water. And I'm still crying about that to this day. So I just want to say, just Thank you. for listening, George, I love you, man. You know, I would love to be able to reach out and get together. You know, whether we do a few pops or not, I just want to sit next to you, bro. I love you and I respect you. God bless. And shout out to Cliff because it's way long past due. And uh, I plan on celebrating this victory. So, you know, Thank God you. bless everybody today, man. Take I just have a
0: shout out. Thank you, Rainer Man. Appreciate it. That was a real heavy story. That was a really heavy story when Raider Man got shot and we didn't think he'd make it. And I was able to get George to come with me to ICU and we got off the elevator and you came into the room and I never saw anybody like that in my life. i would never seen a scenario like that with someone fighting for his life in the ICU. And, you know, Rainer Man was his eyes were open and he saw George Atkinson and I'll never forget the look on his face. And the look that went back from George to Raider man and George told him to fight, hang on. He wasn't ready to go. And he came out of it and Raider man's doing a lot of productive things in his life, especially around the Raiders and Raider fans, Die Hard black hole. One of the originals. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. George Atkinson special. Not many people left like him in the Raiders. There's so many great alumni and we're losing alumni every year. And you know, Cliff was a big one. And George is right there with Cliff. So great to have him. On And, you know, George is fun. He's a good guy, man. He could talk about road trips, <laughs> games, big moments. He's a perfect guy to look back on Cliff Branch's life. Harry Ruiz is going to join us in a moment, so stick around for that. Uh, Harry was out at practice the last couple of days. We'll get his opinion on what's going on. And then the Kyler Murray sound. So Kyler Murray is a little bit pissed off. He spoke to the media today. He had an impromptu press conference to deal with these new study habits that he has or he doesn't have, and he was not happy about it. So I want to play one bite if we can here, and we'll save a little bit more for a little bit later on. As you know, Kyler Murray got $230.5 million in an extension, but there was an addendum that requires four hours of independent study. And this is a guy who was a great quarterback, maybe the greatest of all time in high school in Texas, won the Heisman. So as you can tell by the sound bite, he's not happy that he has to deal with this scenario.
4: It's almost, you know, to think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career, um, and not be a student of the game, and not um, not not have that passion, and not not take this serious is is almost it's disrespectful, and it's it's almost it's it's almost a joke, you know. Um, it's to me, I'm flattered, you know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not. Um, not take it serious. It's 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 disrespectful. I feel like to my peers, to all the to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard uh, to to play the position that I play in this league. Um, it's 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 too hard.
0: He's really confusing because you can tell he's pissed off about the fact that he has this stipulation in his contract, but then he's trying to make it less uncomfortable by saying, you know, it, it humbles me that you all think I'm this good without preparing. He, he's not in a good place. I've never seen a guy who get $160 million guaranteed and not be happy about it. This is going to end ugly. If I hope it doesn't, but if it's going to end ugly because the Arizona Cardinals embarrassed him. Either they thought they had to do it, they had to put that addendum in there because he doesn't look at his notes enough, he doesn't break down enough film, he's on the video game too much. Yes, he's playing video games too much. Or they want out of this deal if he doesn't do well in two years and they set a trap for him. I don't think Kyler Mur- uh, Kyle Murray is mature enough at this stage to handle it, and he's trying to process it. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the Raiders, he's everywhere from the lights to his coverage of global soccer here in Vegas and out at practice. Harry, good to talk to you. Good to see you out at practice. What do you think so far at Raiders training camp?
1: hermano, yeah, JT, always great talking to you. It's been far too long since I came here on the show with you. It's great talking to Bobby right now off the air, and, of course, with all the Greater nation here on your show. I'm liking what I'm seeing, JT. I mean, you can't wait enough to get this preseason game in and finally see the guys on the field and start seeing that competition in quarterback and being against another team. Uh, Brandon Bolden described it as Christmas coming this uh, with the first game of first day in pads, but then new year's for the game on Thursday, next Thursday, because it's like that, that's when the fireworks happen. So a lot of guys competing for spots, The offensive line, I'm just excited, man, and I can't wait to get that flip card to start adding my notes to it and the preparation's already going on.
0: Harry Ruiz joins us. So what are you taking aside from this offensive line and how they're moving these guys around so much? I know the individuals and especially the beat riders who have been here for over a decade, they're looking at every play, every position group, who's subbing in, who's not. I kind of wait till halfway through the preseason because you know who's going to be playing. There's only a few position battles. But, Harry, it seems like Josh McDaniels, they're moving those offensive linemen around. They want to see him be versatile and play multiple positions.
1: Yeah, and you're hearing the name of Lester Cotton Sr. a lot in this uh, training camp. You're hearing Jermaine Aluminor also getting his snaps in and looking good out there on the offensive line. And now you know there's that spot open with Denzel Good retiring. Colton Miller mentioned that he hopes that Denzel comes back, but from the social media posts, I don't think that Denzel will be coming back anytime soon, but that was my hope, JT, that with Denzel Good coming back after last year's injury, he would be more than solid, just like he was in 2020, and that caught everybody off guard to kick off the week, and now the Raiders, that offensive line, if there were question marks, around surrounding it now there's even more and this is an opportunity for the guys that stepped in last year like the john simpsons the brandon parkers of the world alex Zetherwood, his development is going to be even more important now dylan parham who a lot of people were hoping he would get this 2022 season as a development one where he would start learning the speed in the nfl and start adapting to it now it seems like it's going to be trial by fire because there's a very good chance that he's going to start getting snaps early in his career
0: yeah, I agree with you. Harry Ruiz joins us, the Latino voice of the Raiders. You know, there's going to be a lot of snaps, and there's going to be an opportunity. You know, Harry, we're used to seeing de- defensive tackles rotate in, right? They rotate in on second down. Third down, they come out maybe for a pass rush or their first and second down guys. It's tough to rotate an offensive line because you want them to have continuity and have chemistry together, but I think we're going to see some different offensive line rotations here in the preseason. There's only so many snaps in these preseason games, assume, assuming Colton Miller doesn't play or doesn't play a lot, where they're gonna be a lot of reps. I mean, how much film are we gonna have in four preseason games to see what this entire offensive line could do other than Colton Miller?
1: Exactly. And right now you got fifteen guys signed as offensive linemen in this team. Colton Miller, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure we're not gonna see him in any preseason action. He's the one guy that you can't risk in this preseason in your offensive line. But then you see the other 14 guys on that line and you're like, all right, fellas, it's time to show up. It's time to deliver. It's time to earn your spot on this team. And you're talking from fellows like Alex Bars, Ronis Grassu, uh, the aforementioned right now, Lester Cotton, who's opening a lot of eyes. And there's fellas that definitely need to show. And one of them that I'm excited about now is Thayer Mumford, the yeah. rookie. You see his size and – Dude is big, and he's a rookie, and he's still learning, but I have a feeling that he can be a, someone that collaborates in this offensive line this year, and you know a lot of seven-rounders are guys that don't get drafted early in the draft between the first four rounds. They're, they got their backs against the wall. They might not make the team, but they are, I think that he has a good opportunity in this team, especially being an offensive lineman and with a size.
0: Harry Ruiz, kind enough to join us. You hear him hosting here for me, and you hear him on the Latino uh, broadcast for the Raiders. What a great job he does. One more player. I watched Jonathan Abram today. He came by, got a water break, ran right by me, and... Again, I look at him and he's got high energy and he's looking over his shoulder. I would assume that he doesn't feel like that position is going to be given to him. And by now, it should have been given to him. By now, as a first-round pick, he should have been locked in as one of the younger, best safeties in football. It hasn't worked that way because he hasn't been able to defend the pass. So that's got to be accomplished here. I'm sure Ziegler and... Patrick Graham, everybody's looking at him on these play actions and opportunities to see if he bites on the run and he can get back into coverage.
1: Absolutely, and I'll say this, JT. The last two days I was there, yesterday – And I think Monday, the day that the team came back, I loved what the secondary was doing. I know we can't talk a lot and go into details because of the guidelines that there is, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from Trayvon Mm Merig. I know Jonathan Abram, it's hard to ask him not to go at 100% because that's the way that he knows how to play the game. There was a moment on the one-on-ones where it was the secondary against the pass catcher is where he went a little bit low in his position coach. When Adam is like, don't go low on your own teammate right now. Don't go below the waist. But Jonathan Abram, you see the intensity, you see the desire. And now you just have to pair that with the ability to do the work, to do your job the way that you're supposed to. You're a safety. It's great that you can come up to the line of scrimmage and put pressure on the quarterback when it's required. But the main part of your job is being able to take care of business in the secondary and jonathan abram has struggled with that and we know that that's a reason why you see guys like divine diablo being switched mm-hmm. from safeties to linebackers because they got that big body they got the speed and they want to put, pair them up with the elite tight ends that there are in this league so mm-hmm. jonathan abram is a put up or shut up here it's 2022 it's your la- the last year in your contract you want to continue not only with the raiders but in the league you got to show up big time in 2022.
0: Hey, Harry, finally, you cover a lot of soccer, working for the lights here locally, but there's been some really big international games played at Allegiant Stadium. The Mexican teams have been in multiple times, and then we have some of the European powers here. You've been covering these games. Tell me about soccer on the global stage at Allegiant Stadium.
1: It was huge, JT. It was America versus Juventus uh, 10 days ago, and then this past weekend you had Chivas, sorry, America versus Chelsea, Chivas versus Juventus, and Real Madrid-Barcelona, which is the biggest match in club soccer that you can get in the world, and it happened here in Las Vegas, just the fourth time ever it was played outside of Spain. If you add the total attendance between the three games, it was almost 140,000 fans, and then if you just focus on the Real Madrid-Barcelona game that had almost 62,000 fans in attendance, it was a sold-out game, that match outdrew four of the Raiders games last year. That's how Mm. big it was for the economy here in the city, and I went out to the parking lot wearing a suit and tie, so I was sweating like crazy When when I went back into the stadium. People from all over not only the states but all over the world came in to watch that match. That's the importance of Allegiant Stadium. These games don't happen here without Allegiant Stadium, and it's two completely different audiences, the ones that we'll see in a couple of weeks with football and the ones that we just saw with the other football, with soccer here in town. And this sport, it keeps growing. It keeps getting bigger and bigger out here in the city, and I won't be surprised if in the next couple of months there's an announcement of an MLS team coming into town. Yeah,
0: I would, I would think so. It's, it's very important here. And the soccer fan, are they liking the experience because it's right on the freeway, the casino corridor's right there, a lot of people are walking over the Hacienda Bridge. So it's a different crowd than a Raider crowd, but soccer fans can get finicky. They like their tailgating. They like to be loud and have fun. They wait to the end of the game. How could you not, in a nil-nil game, a one nothing game, wait to the end? And then, you know, egress is really important to them. What are they saying about Allegiant Stadium as a host for a big, big soccer event going forward? It looks like it's perfect.
1: Oh, they loved it, JT, and... Both the fans and the players, I was able to talk with Angel Di Maria from the Argentinian national team and Juan Cuadrado from the Colombian national team, and they were like, we were so happy that we were playing indoors, that we weren't suffering with the heat. The facilities, they were impressed. Thibaut Courtois, the goalkeeper for Real Madrid, who's a big American sports fan, he says that he loves coming to America for these preseason games because he's able to see all the stadiums that he watches on TV, including the Legion Stadium, mm-hmm. and there was an a single complaint from a player or coach from these top elite European and Mexican teams coming into town and they're excited to come back in the future and the fans same thing I saw many of them the moment that the doors opened for Allegiant Stadium they weren't going to their seats they were just impressed taking pictures and taking videos and they were in awe because for a lot of them it was their first time coming out to the Death Star out here in Vegas.
0: Great, Harry. Awesome. I'll see you out here a bunch. I know you'll be sitting in for me a little bit while I'm in Canton. And what do you got this weekend? Do you got a relaxing weekend or are you out there with the camera and the microphone? Are you ever going to take a break?
1: It's actually my last weekend that I'm kind of free. So I'm actually going out of town today, coming back tomorrow. Saturday, mm-hmm. some friends from out of town that I actually like are in town. So I'm going to go see them. And uh, then starting Sunday... It's back to the grind. It's going to be fun. Football season's here. A lot of people like, it's just preseason. I'm like, hey, but you know what? I prepare the same. If it's a preseason game, yes. a regular season game, or a playoff game, you got to show respect to the audience that tunes in and give them the best prop, uh, best uh, show possible that you can on the air.
0: You got it. Thanks a lot, Harry. Appreciate it. I'll see you after the weekend. Take care, JT. There he is, Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders. We interviewed Jason He's the new voice of the Raiders. We're going to replay that interview at some point tomorrow. A lot of people who didn't hear it on the radio but downloaded that. So the Raiders have a new play-by-play voice. That gentleman who just joined us is the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, and that is a big deal, a really big deal, and part of our family here at Lotus. The offensive line, the offensive line is the big deal here, and they're talking about it around the league. The love fest for the Chargers continues. The love fest And a lot of heat is coming down on Mike McCarthy. The heat in Oxnard, California is ramped up. We'll play some of that coming up here a little bit. More of Kyler Murray and how he's, I think he's really pissed off about what they're putting him through. They're embarrassing him. And some of the other teams around the league that are opening up camp. Aaron Rodgers, we have the sound of what he said about Devontae taking a slight, slight, slight tap at Devontae for the Hall of Fame comments to Derek Carr. We love Devontae and how he explained that. Aaron Rodgers showed up as Nicolas Cage yesterday in camp in Green Bay and wanted to talk about Devontae Adams. We'll have that for you next. And Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5.
3: And when you talk about postseason, I mean, I think he's still number three. He's retired, I don't know how many years now, but he's still number three postseason yardage. I mean, not only that, I mean, what, he he scored uh, two touchdowns in, in um, the Super Bowl against the Eagles. I mean, he could have been MVP of the game, you know, uh, and then scored one against the, um, the Redskins. So, I mean, not only regular season, but postseason numbers are phenomenal.
0: It's Marcus Allen on his good friend Cliff Branch. The summer of Cliff continues. Marcus, from what I understand, played a big role. I mean, Mark Davis and Mrs. Davis at the top of the list. Coach Flores, who was inducted last year, but Marcus made some noise on Cliff. A lot of the guys, Howie, a lot of them were going back to Canton and making it clear that it was Cliff's turn. It's a big part about this family here as the summer of Cliff continues. And one of the coolest things I've ever seen up close last year at Coach Flores' party, right after he was inducted, Marcus spoke. And Marcus gave one of the best 15, 20 minutes I've ever seen, ever, ever, on on Coach Flores and how Clo- Coach Flores let Marcus become Marcus Allen. Didn't hold him back at all. I'll, uh, I'll have Coach Flores on tomorrow. I'll ask him about the moment Marcus spoke to him at his party. It was a pretty emotional night, and uh, hopefully the same thing goes down for Cliff. Vince in Vegas. Good to hear from Vegas on the flagship on 920. Hello, Vince.
5: JT, what's going on, my brother? I just want to say um, it's dope. I'm starting to uh, listen uh, into your show every day. I'm 29 years old. I think it's dope that you have uh, all these uh, older guys, these Hall of Famers give stories, And I was just listening to George and what he had to say about Cliff Branch. One thing I could tell you is being a young Raider fan. I've always been a Raider fan. But one thing I could tell you, being a Raider fan, you're kind of like almost forced just to learn the history of this historic Mm. franchise. So I thought it was real dope that you've got these guys coming in, calling in. You're going to have Coach Flores to come in tomorrow. And, uh, you know, just to give give us these – tell us young guys about how it was back in the day. I think you're doing a good job. Um, second of all, I just want to say one thing about the Chargers and what about these experts. They all got us finishing last in the division. They got the Chargers in such high regard, and I understand, like, yeah, you got a quarterback in Herbert, but have has everybody forgotten that we put these guys out of business last year? I mean, we sent them home. They think this kid Herbert is going to be the second coming of Jesus, and I'm like, wasn't he not one of the – League leaders and in interceptions. Yep. I mean, what is he going to do? Throw forty touchdowns? Like next this year? I mean, I think we've already seen uh, the best of Herbert. Kind of like Mahomes, we kind of already seen the. No, best of we him. haven't. We
0: haven't seen. And I got to run. I have a guess, my friend. Thank you for listening, and thanks for respecting the alumni. And that's kind of my niche. I love putting the alumni on. Built some good relationships with them for them to come on. So, thank you for noticing that. As we'll talk to all the young players too, but we got to keep a spot here on the show open for the alumni. Look, Herbert's great. He's great. He's already elite. He's arguably the best I've seen play at Allegiant. I saw Brady, Carr, Breeze, Rivers. I've seen them all who have played there. They've Herbert was the best at, with my eyes. He's that good. You have to be great to beat Herbert. Herbert is that good. He's only getting better. We have not seen Joe Burrow and Justin Herberts and Lamar Jackson's and Patrick Mahomes best. These guys are still super young. They're going to get better. And Derek's right there with them. And Derek could jump over a few of the guys we mentioned. Kevin Bollinger is the sports director at Fox 5. He has some good access here this time of year. He always does with the players and coaches and had an opportunity today to sit down with the coach and Max Crosby, and he's kind enough to do it. Busy day for you, Kevin. Thanks for making some time for us.
3: Oh, always a pleasure, JT. Best time of year, training camp and uh, getting ratcheted up here for the start of the season.
0: And I look forward to your your coverage this time of year and your training camp special. So we don't need to hear all of the content that you took in today, but what was it like sitting down one-on-one with the head coach? It was
3: great. You know, it's always good to get a little more perspective from Josh McDaniels just on, on how things work inside his head. And, you know, we had a conversation that's going to air Uh, during our our preseason games that are going to be on our station here, Uh, just kind of not only talking about some X's and O's stuff, but also just kind of talking about uh, culture and and demeanor and and how he handles things, whether it's uh, how he he goes through the process of cutting guys at the end of training camp to how he acts on the sideline and what's he going to do the first time. Derek Carr uh, comes at him uh, in the heat of battle uh, upset about something with the, the interaction, so it was interesting to get his take. Uh, you know that that he's learned a lot from his time in New England. He learned a lot from his time as a head coach in Denver, and he is going to take all of that and make himself a much better product when he's on the sidelines for that first game in week one down in Los Angeles against the Chargers.
0: Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5 Sports Director. A you know, lot's been said about what happened in Denver the first time around where people forget Tim Tebow won a playoff game. <laughs> they went to the playoffs. It did not end well. We get all that. And he's atoned to that, and it sounds like an interesting question and where you went with that. Does he really? I think he's really loose. He was loud today yelling at Diablo on a play where he got close to Carr. You can hear him there, but I notice when he's behind center and behind Carr, he's really keeping an eye on everything. His head's on a swivel as they're evaluating this offensive line.
3: Yeah, and he actually, uh, when he talked to the media this morning in the, in the media room before practice, he talked about the fact that, that he is you know, loose and that they do cut it up and, and laugh a little bit at practice. It is not all serious business all the time. But he trust me, when, when the rubber meets the road, he is honed in on, on what he has to do. And he, uh, if you watch him work a practice, uh, he isn't just focusing just on the quarterbacks or anything else. He makes sure that he has gotten around to everything and keeps his eye on everything that's going on. Uh, not saying he's going to be totally hands-on on, on, on a lot of different things, because it sounds from what he's saying that he's a big believer in letting his coaches do their job. Uh, but he's definitely aware of everything that is going on in all parts of the game and and that's uh you know kind of interesting to watch him work the field during training camp
0: follow kevin bolinger he's got a lot of great video up on his page from practice every day it's kevin fox 5 vegas the sports director at fox tv here in vegas that's kevin fox number five vegas on the defensive side today you and i were there when jonathan abram came by us to get some water and I think this is a really important year for him. We had a discussion about his ability to be better in pass coverage, which is going to be essential going forward if he not only wants to make the team, but if he wants to start and not be taking, uh, taken out of the field or taken off the field in, in pivotal passing plays. What have you noticed with him this offseason?
3: No question. I mean, this is really a make-or-break year. Uh, he's not having the option uh, taken by the Raiders. This is his contract year, if you will and if he doesn't put some good stuff uh, on tape, not only will he not be back with the Raiders, but he might have a hard time picking up with another team, and he knows that, so he's going to uh, get better uh, and is working hard. He's kind of kept a lower profile we've seen in the last couple of years uh, compared to what we saw in hard knocks that first season, and uh, is trying to focus in on the football, and the deficiency has always been in the past defense, and and uh, that is something that he's going to have to upgrade on because there's not going to be a, a whole lot of wiggle room uh, for mistakes. We've seen that with uh, everybody in every aspect uh, of this team under Josh McDaniels. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't expect any mistakes out there on the field to give him the best chance to win, and there's going to be somebody right there to take the snaps if he doesn't do it. So, uh, make or break, uh, no question for him and a couple of other guys, but uh, certainly a lot of the
0: spotlight on Abram. Kevin, as we wrap it up, I'm noticing that from my conversations with dave ziggler and there have only been a few but these guys were a part of some special practices we're talking practices during bye weeks going into super bowls going into division playoff games championship games you just think of all the extra practice and film study they had when other teams were done for the year didn't make the playoffs and they had another five or six weeks of really diligent practices. That's what Ziegler and I think McDaniels brings to this team. They know the efficient practice, how to evaluate it quickly and improve on it. No question.
3: And, and they, they, the quick turnarounds of what you have to do in the postseason uh, to, to get ready is something that's going to benefit them. And, and when they constructed this team, they know what they need to do to get teams to have success on the field. And you could tell by the attitude with, uh, even just some of the players and, and the way that they're, they're talking. When you talk uh, about, uh, how they're going to do this year, what their, you know, expectations are, everybody's kind of coming through with that same old line that we don't need to talk about it. We need to earn it and we got to go out and prove it on the field. And and that part of that culture have uh, that you've seen uh, on the Patriots side of things is definitely bled in here under McDaniels and Ziegler to this Raiders organization. The players know that uh, you know the talk is, is worthless until they go out and actually have sustained success on the field, and that's what they're out to get this year.
0: All right, so preview for Fox 5, what you have coming up. I think all of our listeners who want to head over to the affiliate, the TV affiliate of the Raiders, we got the preseason games on plus your training camp specials. Again, tell us about it.
3: Yeah, we're going to be uh, we're here every day with the Raiders, obviously. We'll be in Canton, Ohio next week uh, for coverage of the Hall of Fame game and everything that's going on there. And then after that game, those final three uh, preseason games, the Vikings, Dolphins, and the Patriots at the end, those are all on our station. We'll be doing hour-long pregame specials before those, giving some features, some of the sit-down interviews, and some of the insight uh, as we get closer to kickoff to week one to kind of give everybody a feel for – who is
0: this team, what do they stand for, and where they might go. Hey, no rain coming? I don't know the last time you did a live shot in the rain. You, <laughs> know, you missed it last night. Are you envisioning maybe having to get under a tent as you're out in front of the building at some point, or are you calling no rain the rest of camp? Oh, <laughs> well, maybe no more rain the rest of camp here, but I'm already hearing
3: that there could be <laughs> some rain in Canton, and we all yeah. know that August in Miami could bring a hurricane, and I don't even want to think about that, though. They'll probably have you wrapped around some telephone pole trying to do hurricane updates uh, out there. But hopefully, if the rain comes here, it'll be in the afternoon or evening like we have been getting. it. It won't disrupt practice.
0: Always thrilled to have Kevin on, especially with all the work he puts in with the Raiders and everything that's happening here in town. Kevin, have a good weekend. I'll see you out in Canton. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, JT. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, the sports director. Him and Vince Sapienza, their entire team that's out there, they do a great job. They they really do, and we're proud to be associated with them on the radio and on television as we sit here today, wrapping this up in about 20 minutes. If you're joining us late, I'd like to know what your biggest expectation is in the Canton game. Players, who's going to play, what you want to see. We had a couple of good calls today on what Josh McDaniels could be looking for. You don't want penalties. That's a national game, everybody. I'm telling you, it's not its not the end of the world. We're not saying that that's so important. It's not the third preseason game, which really isn't as relevant as it used to be. But this game is Sunday night football, the highest-rated show in all of television, number one. They're moving it to Thursday night for the game, of course, and a lot of eyeballs are going to be on it. And the Raiders want to look good. They want to jump off sides. They want to be in the right space. They want to tackle well. And there's not a lot of tackling going into this game. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. We got a lot of sound to get to. As the Yankee fan of pissed, they got swept by the Mets last night and looked really good. Uh, the trade deadline is hitting up big in baseball. I got a brand-new podcast at JTandLooney.com. We talked about the destination maybe for Juan Soto. Where could Juan Soto end up before the trade deadline? Could the Dodgers get him and have Mookie Betts and have the best baseball team for quite some time? And then the news coming up on Daniel Snyder as he testifies, but he's not doing it via subpoena. What does that mean? And Ben Roethlisberger walking a little bit back. I wanted to play this Aaron Rodgers soundbite here of what he said as he showed up at camp. This question was set up for him beautifully. After Devontae talked about Derek Carr transitioning from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, you knew that Aaron Rodgers was waiting for this question.
4: I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've uh, we you know, doled out. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but he, you know, he's, since his first day here, he's, he's turned heads. And so it's not surprising him to go out and have a really consistent day today. But he's been working hard. Uh, he has a lot to prove, I think, uh, to himself and the other people. Maybe to the team uh, as well. So I like a hungry Alan Lazard, uh, uh, you know, and, and it'll be an adjustment for us, but I'm, I'm uh, happy with day one.
0: So this what a construed first day at camp for Aaron Rodgers. He shows up dressed like Nicholas Cage and Con Air exactly. So he gets a lot of viral coverage there. Then he has that sound bite kind of taking a, swap, a swipe, a fun swipe at Devontae on his comparison. And then Aaron Rodgers is laughing about it. Rodgers is real media savvy. He's real media savvy. And he wasn't early in his career. He just backed up Brett Favre. Then he became a four-time MVP and a superstar. Now he's golfing, talking to Charles Barkley. Speaking of Barkley, he hasn't made a decision to go to Live Golf, but Bubba Watson has. Two-time Masters champion Bubba Watson leaving the PGA Tour to play Live where the money is now exploding. Next year, there's going to be over $400 million in prize money. In prize money. And you won't believe the amount of money you could make on Live if you lose every tournament coming dead last. You'd be impressed just for showing up with these guys who are getting paid. So Barkley waits on an offer from Liv. Liv, and Bubba decided to take the money. Bubba's good. Bubba's best years. It kind of looks like the guys who don't think they're going to win majors anymore are going to slide over to live Golf and get the pay while the pay is there. NFL news every day tomorrow, Tom Flores. That's going to be cool. Coach Flores, he's not going to be able to make Canton. He's had some health issues, but he is sharp and he wants to talk about Cliff on the radio. That'll be 12.30 tomorrow. And then please join me Friday at Virgin Hotels in the main lobby from 4 to 6. I'm hosting a brand-new podcast series, which is going to be like a radio remote. Love to see at Virgin, 4 to 6 p.m. on Friday.
4: Cliff was Cliff.
2: You can't cover Cliff. There ain't nobody to cover Cliff. Cliff Branson, one of the greatest fielders Raiders had. But Cliff had a he had a very good game, made two big catches for us in that game, which was, which was uh excellent, excellent. But he, he was a big time player. Because he took the top off the defense. He ran through that dog on secondary and they all worried about him. And he was loving it all. Him and the tight ends, they're loving it all because Cliff cleaned it out. Send him on a flag route across the field. Send him on the deep post route. Send him on, the, on a deep comeback. Everything was deep. Notice I'm saying deep. That's, that's what we had. Deep. Deep routes.
0: That's heart Shell. How cool is that? Thanks to the Raiders and Bobby for coming out of breaks with that. If that doesn't get you fired up about the summer of Cliff Branch, I don't know what will. JT with you as we continue on here. Thanks to Modelo. With that fighting spirit, I will have a bucket of Modellos tomorrow after my podcast series ends at 5.30, 6 p.m. at Virgin Hotels. Come on down if you haven't been to the property, you haven't seen what they're doing, especially on Fridays at happy hour. I think you'll have an absolute great time. So uh, more from Kyler Murray and his press conference, which is, to me, really uncomfortable. They embarrassed the kid by letting this news out about, or maybe his agent did. His agent was pissed when they saw this four-hour study clause. So Kyler Murray and his accomplishments throughout his career, to be forced to explain this, this is from earlier today.
4: And I don't do this often. I don't talk about myself, but today I feel like I have to. And so I'm going to list the accolades. You know, to go 43-0 and in high school in Texas, um, some are going to say, oh, it's high school, that's cool, but nobody else has done it. Um, go to college, win the Heisman, um, get drafted number one overall to the NFL, get drafted number nine overall to MLB. Again, no one's ever done it. Um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, um, and you know I'm not I'm not six seven two two thirty. I don't throw the ball eighty five yards. Um, it, I'm I'm already behind the eight ball, uh, and I can't you know I can't afford to take any shortcuts. No pun intended, but you know th- those are those those things you can't accomplish if you don't take the game serious if you don't prepare the right way. And you know it, it's like I said it's, it's laughable.
0: It's laughable. You can tell he's pissed off and he was forced to talk about his great legacy. Very young man with an amazing legacy. The greatest high school quarterback in Texas history. Heisman Trophy winner, and people now say he doesn't study. I've been doing it all week. I know he doesn't study to the level that he should because they put this clause in. So it's it's embarrassing to him. So you saw him today confident about his accomplishments, but also a little bit upset, especially here where he has to tell everybody how he exactly studies film
4: to the, to the film side of things, um, there's multiple different ways to, to, you know, to watch film. Um, there's many different ways to process the game. There's many different ways quarterbacks learn the game and break the game down. Uh, of course I watch film by myself. That's, that's a given. That doesn't even need to be said. Um, but I do enjoy and love the process of watching the game with my guys, the quarterbacks, my coaches. Um, you know, that's, and I think you can ask any quarterback around the league, you know, the camaraderie in that room, um, the, the passion that goes into it. Every man in that room has a job. Every man contributes in you know in different ways. And like I said, I think every player that has played the game, no matter the position, understands what I'm saying right now. As far as uh, everybody in you know your respective or your your room uh, having a job and contributing, you know. Uh.
0: Yeah, he's he's pretty embarrassed by this. This would not go over well if someone did this to Derek Carr, and they didn't have to do it to Derek Carr because Derek does aggressive film study. Uh, a soundbite from Jerry Jones up in Oxnard. I think the Wolves are at the door. The media has been very vocal here quickly about what's going on with the head coach, Mike McCarthy. And Jerry Jones wants his team to make it to the playoffs, and some think that the owner wants two playoff wins or a Super Bowl trip for McCarthy to keep his job. I'll be candid with you. There's degrees. Uh, I want to be fair to everybody concerned. Uh, we need to uh, uh, be in the playoffs. We need to be viable in the playoffs to have a, be a successful season. Yeah, that's him basically telling the head coach, if you don't make the playoffs, you're fired. If you make the playoffs and don't win, you're fired. That's pretty important. If you're going to be the head coach of that team, you better win in the playoffs. And they've had a long time to get it done. You know, Raiders went to the playoffs. They didn't win a game. Now they have a brand new coach. Vegas has the Raiders at eight and a half wins. I think that's low. But those who don't think the Raiders can win nine games believe that they're good. They just play in a brutally tough division. And there's a coaching change. And when there's a coaching change, it could take a while for the new coach and the team to click. And most importantly, why Vegas doesn't believe the Raiders can win 10, or they set the number at 8.5, is because they thought the Raiders won too many close games that could have gone either way, and that will rebalance. And that's hard to do. That's why most gamblers lose. Because they think, well, this is going to happen the following year if it happened the year before. No, it doesn't work that way. Raiders won those games late because they were prepared. They made big plays. They got off the field on third down. They picked up first downs when they set up Daniel Carlson to win. Can that happen again? I hope so. But it's going to be tougher with the schedule. The schedule is no joke. And the first regular season game will be at L.A. Hopefully Raider fans are getting their hands on some of those tickets. Haven't heard much about that yet. I don't think the Rams game is going to be as easy. Remember, the Rams host the Raiders there. I think there'll be a lot of Raider fans. But Rams won the Super Bowl. They're going to hold on to a lot of those tickets. The Charger fans, they don't want to be anywhere near Raider fans. They don't want to be in the same building with Raider fans. They don't like you. They don't want to be around you. And it's not that important to them. So they'll sell you your tick their tickets to the LA game. Gobble them up. People buy our tickets here in Vegas because they got money and they overpay for it because they want to come to Vegas. Raider fans should be looking online to get those Charger tickets, as many as you can, and throw the biggest tailgate that the Rams or Chargers have ever seen on that footprint. Thanks to Bobby, George Atkinson, Harry Ruiz, Kevin Bollinger. Be back tomorrow to wrap up the week, the summer of Cliff Branch. Thank you, everybody.